All right. God is good, isn't he? I'm going to preach this morning. I won't preach long. But I'm praying that we continue to step into the theme for this year, which is strong. I felt on my heart that the Lord would give me three stepping stones. Each year I pray that, Father, I don't just want to declare a theme. I want it to actually happen in the lives of our people. I actually want to see God's strength in your life manifest itself, that you walk in a new authority. So they were the three stepping stones. It was those who wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. You'll be strong because you will know what it is to wait on God. The second thing was that you will be strong because you will learn to endure. And we're going to talk about strength to strength in coming seasons. And then the third one being you will be strong because you will know the authority of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to do three different preaching series on those. But as we go, I don't just want to let the theme go. I want to keep returning to it this year in order that we see our lives strengthen. Who needs God's strength in their life every day? Give me a wave. Give me a wave. We need God's strength. When I wake up in the morning and at five o'clock and there is an incredible crack of thunder. Who heard that yesterday? You know, I want to wake up and feel that moment as God empowers me. I want to be like, whoa, I know that God is with me today. I didn't do that yesterday. I'll tell you that now. Said April, quick, check everything. I'm too scared. (laughs) But today I want to focus in on this. You'll be strong because of the authority of Christ. If you ever look, the source of authority is what I want to lean into. Has anybody ever spent time with somebody that you just go, oh, I wish I could be like you? You know, whether you see that, I know a lot of, I mean, you spend time with me, guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But like I watch people, um, you know, a bit sensitive at the moment and I don't know all the ins and outs. So I'm not, I'm not by any means saying anything that I shouldn't be. But from observation, I'm really inspired by the leader of Ukraine. Like I'm like, man, in crisis, he's very bold and he's very strong. He's leading incredibly well. I look at my dad growing up, same thing. I'm like, man, I was, my dad was a full-time architect. He ran a church. He was never absent in my life. He was always available. He was always full of faith. He was always full of integrity. I'm like, whoa, I wish I could be like you. You know, there's a great example in the Bible in Matthew chapter 8 that I just want to quickly brush over as I set up the theme. We're talking about authority. Is when uh, we hear about the story of the faith of the centurion. Does everybody know that one? I'll quickly read it to you. It says this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say a word, just open your mouth and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. With soldiers under me, I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to the people following him, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Whoa, I want to be like that guy. 
where we recognise that engaging the authority that Jesus has is a matter of faith. He simply said, Jesus, I'm not even worthy for you to come in my house, but you don't need to be there. You don't need to do the thing the way the world assumes and requires you to move. I know that your authority begins the moment you open your mouth. You say the word and my servant will be well. Jesus, just say the word. The moment you open your mouth, your authority changes situations. Are there people that are facing intimidating circumstances at the moment? Jesus, just say the word. It's what you need to declare. The whole world appears to be falling apart at the moment and we need to have the faith like that centurion to say, Jesus, just say the word. You've got family or friends or neighbours that are living the way that they shouldn't and you desperately fall on your knees saying, Father, I need your power to move. The centurion, he simply just said, Jesus, just say the word. Now let's take a moment to reflect. And I want to be transparent with you. I don't know if I have that level of faith. (laughs) Give me a wave if you relate to me there. Good, we're an honest room. That means God can do something. Because I often go, I'll do all I can. I'll strive. Jesus, do the word, but give me a sign. Give me a person, give me confirmation, give me something. So I realised that, hey, this is a man with a great level of faith and we need to have faith and trust in God. And I believe that we do, but I also believe that there's a process and a journey to get to that place. Hey, hey, I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep stepping out in faith. I'm going to take steps at a time. But I know that really, I'm not there yet. So how do I get there? How do you get there? I think trust is super important in these scenarios. Trust, because I know that when I communicate with April, if I I trust her that when she says something's going to happen, that it will. I can let it go. I know that she's on it. It's going to be taken care of and I can move on to the next thing. But what's happened is there is a relationship that has been built and trust has been increased. And I realise today that if you only listen to this sentence, please listen right now. If you're at home and you've only got a little bit of a minute to watch this and you're coming back to it later, remember this. Authority comes through relationship. Authority comes through relationship. Now, you can have a, a relationship with anybody, but I want relationship with Jesus. Because the Bible tells me in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. If I ate all the pizza, how much is left for you? Wow, someone said that really convincingly. I'm sorry, I haven't eaten all the pizza, Andy. Just saying. If we went and there was a run on fuel that was really cheap, So I got there before you and I took all of the fuel. How much fuel is left for you? So if Jesus says, I have been given all authority, how much is left for anyone else? None. That was so convincing. Stay with me. Let's go again. We'll go again. I eat all the pizza. You get none. I eat all the fuel. I don't eat the fuel. That's weird. Don't eat the fuel. Don't sniff the fuel. Do nothing with the fuel. Put the fuel in the car. That's only fueling the car. You've got no fuel. 
if God has all the authority, if Christ has been given all, that there is none left for anyone else. But here's the win. We see in Scripture that Jesus, because he has all the authority, then has the right to give authority to us. See, in Luke chapter 9, it says this, When Jesus called his 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to curse diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus has all the authority, but it is available to us. But the principle is it's accessed through relationship. It's accessed through relationship. I want to turn to Acts chapter 19. We're going to look at a cool story uh, that is in the New Testament uh, that I see some principles that I want to lean into today. Uh, I might get uh, someone to bring that stuff over, Geordie. It's going to wobble. You might need a couple of people just to grab stuff, bring it over. While I read from Acts chapter 19, 20 verses of Scripture, we're going to read them together. If you don't have a Bible, it will be behind me on the screen. Uh, I keep forgetting not to let the slides get too low. I'll be in the way, but just listen as I read. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took a road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively, persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussion daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Tyrannus? Moving on. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs who are from Satan, they carry disease and you put the disease back in your pocket and it's gross and they come out and it's a crusty bit. So you rotate to the other corner. No handkerchiefs in this church. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he had touched him were taken to the sick and their illness was cured and even evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest were doing this. One day an evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. And Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. And he gave them such a beating that they ran from the house naked and bleeding. Thanks for the detail. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear. 
And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. And a number who had practised sorcery brought their scrolls together and burnt them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, it total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Father, speak to us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody who said, Amen. believed it. Amen. So here, two, two contrasts happen within this portion of Scripture. So contrast is, here's one side and here's the other. And I want to look at a couple of the contrasts within this portion today to highlight to you something about the power and the authority of God. I want to look this, and, and this, is, this is the principle it must be genuine. A genuine relationship, you put time in. It's reciprocal. It's desired by both parties. It has to be genuine. You know that if you have a friendship that you don't put anything in. You're not genuinely being a friend. If there is a relationship there, it has to go both ways. And we see two different scenarios. We see Paul. We see the son's. Of Sceva. Now, I wanted to try and break this down and explain it in, in the best way I possibly could, but often I have grand ideas that don't necessarily translate. But I'm hoping today that it works. Can everybody see what this is? It's a funnel. It's way too small for this many people, but that's what I had at home. It is a funnel, which is interesting. I, I, I normally I, I fill up our lawnmower with it. But, but what, what does the funnel do? It, it passes something through it. Okay? Everyone say, I am a funnel. Okay, good. I am a funnel. I want everyone to say, now this is even worse and smaller. Can anyone see what this is? <laughs> it's a key. If you're at home and you're watching this, it's a key. I want everyone to say, I am not a key. I'm a funnel. I'm not a key. Okay, you didn't have to repeat that, but well done. You're with me. So this is what happens, is you have a certain group of people that think the name of Jesus is a formula. What was actually happening in that area at a time is there's a bunch of magicians that would go around and would try and use a higher power to cast out a lower power. They were sorcerers, they were magicians. And, and what they would do is they would claim that they knew the proper enunciation of particular high gods and they would call upon them to cast out things. So these sons of Sceva are going around and they think that Jesus is a key. They think that He is a formula. They go, if I just drop the name, that is the formula for getting the victory. So what we see here is we see some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits to invoke the name of the Lord, uh, invoked the name, of the Lord Jesus over those whom were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. No relationship there at all. The authority comes through that we know Jesus, but more importantly, 
He knows us. So what happens is that they're tried to invoke in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So when their authority and their relationship is challenged, they're beaten. Because there is no authority without relationship. I wonder if we walk around and we often, we fall on our knees with the formula of calling out to Jesus when we're in trouble. But are we really developing a sincere relationship with God? Are we putting in time? Are we putting in effort? Are we putting in consistency? Or are we seeing Jesus as a tool that we go to to open up a situation when we're in fear or worry or anxiety? These men had no relationship. They used Jesus as what they thought would be a tool, a key, a formula. But what happened is that relationship was tested and it was found that it wasn't existing. But yet when you look at Paul in the contrast, seven men are beaten, yet he gets touched by a handkerchief or an apron and that goes home and is able to to cast out evil spirits. Why? It says in the Scripture... God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, through. So what happens is often in life, we, we, we have a situation. Say this bottle represents a situation. Now, if you are the funnel and God has placed you here, it is not by your authority that God moves. It's by His authority. God needs to get into this situation. So He's chosen His servant to flow through into the situation. Does that make sense? It is not about your power. It is about God's power at work through your life into the situation where He has placed you. I don't want to be a key. I want to be a funnel. I want my life to be open to God in a manner that I'm like, Father, if you are placing me here, now let your power and your authority flow through my life because the extraordinary miracles did not come from Paul. They came from God working through Paul. So God will not flow through you without relationship. So the authority that was God is that God knew Paul. He was known by God because of the relationship they had through Jesus Christ. We have to understand that without relationship... You really have no claim. There is a scripture in Luke that I want to read to you. It's going to find it. Where it says this. So it's not Luke, it's Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name performed many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. There was no relationship. So I pray today that as we do this, 
we pursue a relationship with God wholeheartedly. You know, a statement that the Holy Spirit convicted me with this week was this, is if your relationship with God grows stale, it's not Him. We need to be seeking you, Father. Father, we want more of you in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would set us up, that we understand that, that the power, the Holy Spirit, when you come upon us, Father, that is your work flowing through us to be a witness for your kingdom and your glory. Let our, let our, let our relationships be in such a way, Father, that we're on fire for you. We don't just see you as a formula that makes life good, but rather we see it as we are a servant, Father, for you to flow your incredible power through. We thank you, Lord. The second thing, and this is all I'm going to preach today because I want to do communion and I want to have some response. It must be protected. See, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpassing great power is from God and not from us. We're all a vessel. We're all a vessel. In this scripture, what happens, they would have vessels in the home that they would put treasure in. Depending on your, your economic status, they, they could be made out of silver, they could be made out of bronze. But in this situation, it's talking about the cheap Kmart version of one. And what's happening is they're saying, you've got these cheap things, but yet the treasure upon treasure flows in and through your life is within you. It must be protected. Because when you look at the contrast in these scriptures, at the very beginning of Acts 19, you see that Paul places his hands on them and the Holy Spirit comes on them and they speak in tongues and they prophesy. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. But yet we see the contrast to that later on in 13 when it said, they say to the, uh, the demon-possessed man, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you, come out. It cannot come out unless something has gone in. So if we are vessels that are filled with the Holy Spirit, we must protect what we allow to come into our lives. I think our society chronically watches rubbish. I know, once again, I'm standing openly before you. There, there, are, there, are, uh, there are shows with sorcery and demonic activity that, that, that I watch with bluntness that the Holy Spirit's put his finger on. Why am I allowing that to come into who I am? Why do we do this? We must be careful with what we read. What is the source of it? Where has it come from? Because what happens is we know that we are vessels and I want to be a vessel filled with the Holy Spirit. I must protect what I allow in. I don't want anything in my life and anything in your life to quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I know that it is when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, I receive power in order that the Holy Spirit can flow in and through my life. I don't want that to change. I don't want that to be affected. So as I thought about it, I, I feel principles are to remain sensitive to what you watch, remain vigilant around what you read and particularly check the source where it comes from. Put yourself in the right environment 
in a trusted, biblically framed environment. And be very careful about the relationships you hold close. Because what happens is this, the world will recognise true authority. I'll have the band come up and I'll have Jan if you get ready. So what's happened is these guys have gone with a false authority that doesn't exist and they're beaten and everyone around goes, whoa. The phonies have been beaten, but this guy that has a genuine relationship, the power of God not only moves through him, even things that he touches. And what happens is because of a genuine relationship, having genuine power of God in it, it says those that, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in the area, the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Now listen, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed a number of practices of sorceries brought their scrolls and burnt them. There was belief, confession and a change in lifestyle. The Kingdom of God was expanded through God working His authority through a genuine relationship. There was revival that broke out in that place. Genuine relationship. So when I say you will become strong because you will know the authority of Christ, your confidence is linked to your authority. So put your confidence in Jesus. Put your confidence in the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Put your confidence in Him and His authority will flow through you. Now we're going to quickly pray. Everyone close their eyes just for a moment. If you feel that there is a situation where, where God is asking you to be a funnel, He's asking you to move in, not with your authority, not with your skill, but to let God's healing, miraculous power work through your life into a situation that He has placed you in. And that's you. Would you raise your hand up? I'm going to pray for you in your seat. That's you. You need God's authority to move. Put it up high. Put it up high. Put it up high. Father, right now, we thank You for these people that are responding. Father, let them walk in Your authority. Let them live in your authority. And Father, let your authority flow through them. We are a funnel of your power, Lord. You did extraordinary miracles through Paul, which means you haven't changed. You can do incredible miracles through us as we remain open and submitted to you. So Father, we seal this Word in their heart today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.